the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. This will be the fourth message in this series on prayer. We want to focus on prayer for the fall, and for those who do not, or perhaps visiting with us, or those who are listening by radio, that uh, more than 100 people have committed themselves to praying every day for People's Baptist Church for the next 100 days. And um, we're going to see miracles take place as God responds to the prayers of his people and uh, bless his church so that we can continue to be a witness to his love and grace here in the city of Boston. And so today's title of today's sermon is Attitudes Necessary for Answered Prayer. Attitudes Necessary for Answered Prayer. Or if I was to give it another title, it would be Principles of Answered Prayer. The story is told of a young girl who wrote a letter to a missionary. It was a prayer letter, and she was trying to lend her support to the missionary. She had been told not to request a response to the letter, because missionaries are very busy. And the missionary got a kick out of the letter of this young girl. It said, Dear Mr. Missionary, we are praying for you, but we are not expecting an answer. That little girl's prayer or information to the the missionary summarized the prayer lives of most Christians. We do a lot of praying, but we don't expect an answer. So why doesn't God answer? How does God answer? We need four attitudes in order to receive an answer from God. And the first attitude you can see in your, on your outline here is we must be willing to let God answer in his own Time, in his own time. That means according to his schedule, his timetable. In other words, whenever God thinks it's best. The fact is, God often delays answers to prayers. He doesn't answer all our prayers immediately. Why does he wait? Why does he withhold the answer sometimes for a period of time. I think that was the reason 
Zechariah in the scripture, which was read for us, was so skeptical. An angel comes to him in the temple and says, God sent me here, I'm Gabriel, the archangel, and you're going to have uh, your prayer answered. Then Zechariah says, how can I be sure of this? Why didn't he believe the the angel's um, wonderful news? Because I believe he had stopped praying that prayer years before. He had given up on, on it a long time ago. Zechariah took the position, I'm an old man, and my wife is well uh, along in years. How can we have children? The fact is that God often delays. And the first principle is we have to let God answer in his own time. Luke chapter 1 and verse 13, the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Now, the tense of the word heard literally means it has already happened. It happened a long time ago. You see, God answers our prayers immediately, but sometimes there's a delay in the giving of what we pray for. The delay is one of the hardest things we have to learn as adults. And it is also the hardest concept for children to learn. They don't understand the difference between no and not yet. They say, Daddy, can I have a cookie? Not yet, you say. They might get into a fit like you're never going to give them the cookie. Why? Because immature People don't understand the difference between no and not yet. The mark of maturity in the Christian life is this. How long can you wait? Babies always have to have what they want immediately. But a mature person can wait. So why does God delay the answers to our prayers? Usually it is because he needs to prepare us first for the answer that he's going to give us. He wants to bless us, and in order to give that blessing to us, he has to prepare us for it. The frustration we have is we usually think we are ready before God does. And the big question for the prophet Habakkuk was, How long, Lord? Have you ever said that? How long are you going to let me go through this? How long will I have to deal with the pain that I'm experiencing? How long will I have to handle the trials and tribulations that are a part of my life? And sometimes we wonder if God sees and cares and has the power to do something about what I'm going through, then why doesn't he? Why doesn't he work it out? The answer is, he usually wants to change us first. He wants to change our attitude. After we have learned the right attitude, then God is free to work on the problem. You see, God is more interested in making you mature than he is about making life easy for you. 
And so he starts by saying, you're, that you get your life in order first, and then I will help you work on the problem. Instead of you saying, Lord, change this situation, you start by saying, Lord, change me. Lord, change me in this job situation. And once you're in line, then God can go ahead and answer. Do you have a financial difficulty? Maybe what God is saying is, I want you to learn the right attitude about money first, and then I will help you. Is there a problem in your marriage? Maybe God is saying, first you need to change your attitude, and then I will start working on your marriage. The fact of the matter is, God is never late. His timing is perfect. We may think he's late, but he is never late. He's always on time. Not yet does not mean no. The question then is, how do I pray when the answer to prayer is delayed? You keep on praying until one of three things happen. One, you get the answer. Two, you get the assurance that you're going to get it. For example, Jesus tells us in Matthew or in Mark 11 and verse 24, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. So you believe it in advance. If you believe it after the fact, then that is not faith, that's simply gratitude. But when you believe before you get it, then that's faith. So if you keep praying until you get it, or until you get the assurance, then you'll know that, um, that God is um, going to help you. But there are also, the third thing would be, uh, you keep praying until God reveals to you that it is not his will for you. You see, when you figure that out, then you become uncomfortable praying about it, and so you stop praying. But you, until you have the, the sense that God does not want what you are asking for, for you, then you should continue to pray because God responds to the prayers of his people. So in order to receive an answer from God, we must be willing to let God answer in his own time. The second attitude is we must be willing to let God answer in his own way. Not only whatever he thinks best, but however he thinks best. God's ways are always better than our ways. One of the reasons God often delays an answer to prayer is so he can answer in a way bigger than we thought originally. God delayed the request of Elizabeth and Zechariah for a number of years, and then he gave them John the Baptist, cousin of Jesus. He was the last Old Testament prophet, the only prophet to see the prophecies about the Messiah fulfilled. He was the forerunner of the Messiah. Because God delayed the request, he didn't just give them any old baby. He gave them John the Baptist. God delayed 
Hannah's request for a son for many years as well. But when he finally gave her a son, he gave her Samuel, the greatest Old Testament prophet. You see, our problem is twofold. We ask too little and we want it too quickly. We don't pray big enough. We don't think big enough. We aim too low. As Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse, and verse uh, 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. You see, think of the greatest thing you can ever imagine, and God can do bigger than that. And that's amazing. You see, if God really gave us all we ask for, it would overwhelm us. As John D. Rockefeller once said, I'll never give anybody a million dollars. It would ruin him. They couldn't handle it. But let God answer in his own time and in his own way. If God had answered some of my prayers exactly as I had asked, I would have been shortchanged. His answer was much greater than what I asked for, what I even imagined. Just to see myself here as pastor of this historic church is something that I could not have imagined. Uh, Years ago when I heard the call of God to be one of his servants, and he has brought me a mighty, mighty long way. Uh, And I thank God that he knew exactly what he wanted for me, not what I wanted for myself. So you're praying about a job. You want to get this job, and all of a sudden it falls through. Don't worry about it. God has a better plan, a better idea for you. You're praying about a situation which is very difficult for you. All of a sudden, it doesn't work out the way you were expecting it to work out. But don't worry about it. God has a better plan. Let him answer in his own time and in his own way. But thirdly, we must be willing to let God answer in his own power. In his own power. Don't try to help God out. Don't ask for it and then go out and try to work it out on your own. Let God answer in his power. And that is called a miracle. There's an important spiritual truth in this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the truth is this. God often waits until the situation is humanly impossible before he answers. When did God give Zechariah and Elizabeth a baby? After they were beyond childbearing years. They said, we are too old. We cannot have children at this age. They were physically unable to have, to have uh, children. Then God answered. Why? Because when God answers an impossible situation, he gets the credit and he gets the glory. The same thing happened to uh, Sarah and Abraham. God promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of a great nation. And Abraham said, but I don't have any children. And so he waited 
and waited and waited. And all of a sudden, Abraham is now 99 years old, and his wife Sarah is 90. Then one day an angel comes to him and says, Abraham, you're going to be a father. And he goes home and he says, honey, you would never believe what um, I just heard, that you're going to have a baby. And what was Sarah's reaction? She started laughing because she thought it couldn't be, couldn't be real. Because she was um, a 90-year-old woman and she never thought it was possible for her to have a baby. But Abraham believed. And so Paul picks this up in Romans chapter 4, 18 through, uh, through 21. And he says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. He said the point is that God waited until it was humanly impossible, and then he answered with a miracle. God sometimes let things get to the point of hopelessness, and then he answers our prayer with a miracle. And uh, we have many examples. We could, I could spend all day giving you examples, but uh, time will not allow me to do that. There is, the, there is a story in the New Testament that illustrates this. It's the story of Martha and Mary. There, was, there were sisters. They had a brother named Lazarus. And one day Lazarus got deathly ill, and so the sisters sent for Jesus to come and heal him because he was um, a friend of theirs. The message went something like this. Jesus, come quickly. It's an emergency situation. We need, your, we need you right now. And you know people are always saying, Lord, we need you right now. I'm, I'm not always uh, certain about telling God when they need it. <laughs> As though God does not know. <laughs> but we need... And so they were, they were frantic, frantic, uh, frantic because they did not want to lose their brother. But Jesus intentionally delayed going there. He was just three miles away from their home, but it took him three days to get there. And by the time he shows up, Lazarus has died. And the sisters said, Jesus, where have you been? If you had been here when we called you, this would not have happened. You delayed, and as a result, our brother is dead. And they are essentially rebuking Jesus. We do the same thing. We say, why, God? Why are you doing this? Why haven't you answered? Jesus calmly walked up to the, to the tomb, or say, in the cave where the body was lying. They removed the stone from in front of the cave, and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. The point is, Jesus waited until the situation was humanly impossible and then raised Lazarus from the dead. He did it in his own power so that God would receive the glory. Do you want to have an answer from God? Be willing to let God answer in his own time. Be willing to let God answer in his own way. 
be willing to let God answer in his own power. And then fourthly, we must be willing to let God answer for his own purpose. For his own purpose. Not only when he wants, however he wants, but also for whatever reason he chooses. So why does God answer prayer? What are his reasons for answering your prayer? Number one, for spiritual growth, for our gain, for our blessings. But number two, for his glory. He answers a prayer when he can be glorified in that answer. Why did God answer Elizabeth and, and Zachariah's prayer for a son? Because he needed a John the Baptist to announce the Messiah. He had a purpose for that little boy. He knew that Elizabeth and, and Zechariah would raise him well so that he would be able to do the work to which he had been called. I think the greatest example of what um, I'm trying to say can be seen in the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul's great desire was to go to Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire, to preach the gospel. In Romans chapter 1, 9 and 10, Paul says, God whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last by God's will the way may be opened for me to come to you. Paul's desire his one motive, his ultimate goal, his dream was to preach the gospel in Rome. He wanted to go to the most important city in the world to preach the gospel to the movers and shakers. I can imagine what his dream was if I put it in contemporary terms. It would be something like this. I'm going to go to Rome. I'm going to rent the Colosseum for three nights. I'm going to pass out flyers. I'm going to get a great public address system and a good Christian rock group to back me up. And we are going to have one great crusade. And Nero is going to get saved. You see, he had visions of preaching in Rome. But did God answer Paul's prayer? Yes. But notice that he, how he did it. Luke tells us in Acts chapter 28 and verse, and verse 16. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. You see, that's not exactly what Paul had in mind when he said he wanted to go to Rome. He did not think about being uh, arrested or being under house arrest. Paul was a prisoner in Rome, and he had been put through the Roman courts, court system, and he ends up in Rome as a prisoner in a house chained to a, a Roman guard. That's not exactly, was not exactly his plan. He had written earlier, pray for me that I might have a prosperous journey. But what kind of journey did, did he have? He was in a shipwreck in the middle of winter and was bitten by a snake. It's not your typical Mediterranean cruise. He got to Rome, yes, as a prisoner, 
and then was kept under house arrest. And the point is this. Paul made it to Rome, but he was willing to let God work it out in God's way. God answered in his own time. God answered for his own purpose. Paul wanted to go to Rome to preach, but God had a different purpose for him in Rome. While Paul was in Rome under house arrest, he had a lot of time on his hands. What did he do? He wrote four letters of the New Testament. Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon. Paul was such an activist that the only way God could um, get him to sit down enough to, to write was to put him under house arrest. Paul's desire was that he might make an impact for Christ in the world. He thought the best way to do that was to preach in Rome. You see, God sometimes denies our original request to give us what is really the desire of our heart. So what made a greater impact, preaching in Rome or writing these four letters of the New Testament, which um, has been a blessing to God's people for almost 2,000 years? So what are you praying for? What is your motive? If you're praying for health, what are you going to do with that health once you get it? If you're praying for financial freedom, what are you going to do with that money once you have received it? If you're praying for a new job, what are you going to do with that new job? Will God get any glory out of the job that is given you? Are you willing to let him answer in his time, in his way, in his power, and for his purpose? What a privilege it is to go before the God of heaven and earth in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. So my brothers and sisters, if you have circumstances that need to be changed, if you have doors that need to be opened, if you have problems that need to be solved, if you have mountains that need to be moved, if you have burdens that need lifting, if you have lives that need changing, if you have bodies that need healing, then take it to the Lord in prayer and watch him work. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.